What is up, my friends? And welcome back to another episode of the MindMate podcast. If any of you were actually wondering why I called it the MindMate podcast, it's a very deep and spiritual, it's really not. My uh, good friend Bill from Adventure Fit and I were talking one day and we were talking over the computer, we were slacking and uh, we started rolling ideas out and I was like, mate, mind mate, all these sorts of things. And when I put mind mate, he was like, yeah, that's not too bad. And I was like, yeah, that's not too bad either. And the reason we liked it, well, the reason I liked it, he didn't really have much to do with it after that. But the reason I liked it is because it works twofold. A, if you're going through something, it's just your mind mate. But at the same time, your mind mate, it's your mind mate. So hopefully that clears things up. I don't even know if it cleared things up for me. Guys, this week's episode is with Chris Desmond, and you may know the legend, the Kiwi legend from a little podcast he produces and hosts, which is called Uncomfortable is Okay. And I had the pleasure of being on his show last year. I had him on my show uh, through middle, middle 2018, uh, which is within the top first five podcasts. I think it's in the top five. No, sorry, it's not in the top five. Could be, who knows, but it's in it's one of the first five podcasts on, on MindMate Podcast. And we thought we'd hit each other up again and have a little bit of a conversation about what we'd uh, been up to. Um, I spoke to him about the book that I'm writing at the moment and kind of the direction that this show's heading. And uh, he spoke to me about the workshops he's been doing um, in the corporate areas as well. And just pushing people to get a little bit uncomfortable uh, in, in this day and age, which is fantastic. And I was having a conversation with my lovely partner and we're doing a bit of a, uh, a health kick at the moment. So we're waking up every morning and we're doing our training and we're fasting for, is it 16 hours, Siobhan? Yep. 16 hours, yep. 16 hours and um, we've essentially cut out dairy, sugar and alcohol. And it's not normal to have tuna for breakfast, but I had tuna. I just opened the can of tuna this morning and it was like the most incredible tuna I've ever eaten in my whole life. Now, I eat a lot of tuna, so I know what good tuna is like. And I can't tell you for sure if it was just objectively good tuna or if the fasting and the health kick had something to do with it too, which I think the latter is probably more pertinent. And what that kind of told me was away from all of the, you know, lifestyle addictions that we're kind of set up to indulge in, you know, it, it's, it's very customary to have red wine at night. And these are not bad things, you know, but, you know, we have our red wine and chocolate at night. We have a lot of coffee. We have a lot of comfortable delights, you know, you know, we don't often fast, but when you do and you take yourself away from that, having something like even something like tuna was just for me personally unbelievable and there's actually a story in the bible and obviously I'm not a uh, I'm not a uh, Christian myself but I have been reading over some of these biblical passages for analysis and um, just before Jesus went out and started preaching to the world he underwent three temptations um, by the devil in the desert and one of those temptations was the temptation of satisfaction and he was he was tempted to eat bread. He hadn't eaten bread in a very long time, but he said something on the lines of, you know, this is spiritual jargon, religious jargon. So if you're not, well, if you're not really into it, it doesn't really matter, but there's a good little message behind it. He said, um, it is written that mankind will not be tempted or something like this will not live through bread alone, but by the spirit, which essentially means is that we don't need 
all these things to satisfy our comforts all the time. And sometimes what we can learn through that suffering by eradicating ourselves from the comfort is perhaps if you'd like to call it spiritual development or even just a bit of more of a learning about what you're capable of. So I thought that was really interesting. I didn't know that tuna would relate me to the Bible, but it did. <laughs> so guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode and you can head to my YouTube channel for some snippets um, of basically just me talking with my hair out and it looks ridiculous. Uh, speak to you after the show. Bye. From this distant vantage point, the earth might not seem of any particular interest. But for us, preserve, cherish. The only home we've ever known. The Pale Blue Dot. Mate, how are you? Good. Here he is. Long time no see. I know. I know, I know, I know. When was the last time we chatted? It would have been, um, it would have been a while back now. Four or five months. Six months. Yeah. Oh, yep, yep. Good point. Yep. Yeah. Jesus. There you go. Well, mate. You know, long time now. I was about to say classic joke about the kids, but you've actually had a kid. Yeah. Lots of shit has has gone down. Love it. I know, I know, mate, I just, I can't, I can't, uh, nah, look, I've had no emails, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's good, it's good for that, um, for that to be out now, I'm pumped about it, man, it was, um, it's funny writing a book, like you, you, you know, you write the first, second draft, and you're like, okay, this is awesome, and then 10 edits later, you're just like, I just fucking can't wait to get this out there, like, I do, I'm just sick of it now, I'm sick of the words, <laughs> Um, mate, it was pretty much all in the family. I had a couple of I had a couple of friends who were writers as well, but essentially it was just it was myself a good three or four times. Dad, dad's an author, um, an editor. That's that's his that's his main profession anyway. So um, it um, kind of helped there, and he he had a read through a couple of times. Mum did as well. She offered a two cents, which was cool. And I guess the good thing about the book was a lot. Of, I mean, it was just essentially my experiences. So. The best editors would have been those from the family. So um, anyone outside was just kind of, you know, polishing off the grammar. But yeah, no, mate, it was a great, um, it was a great little endeavor. I was so, um, it was good because I used to write a lot as a kid, and um, writing that book again just kind of invigorated me to, to, to write and um, onto the onto the second and third now. So should be good. Well, I've I've kind of I've got I've got three more lined up. Um, the, the the main one I'm writing now is called The Seeker's Path, which is essentially just another kind of story for me. It was like, like a trying to to use that cliche find myself sort of thing. There was just a lot of sort of existential questions that I was still struggling with um, that I wanted to um, study, research, and trying to you know kind of put all that research in line with where I was and who I was and you know what made sense to me and what didn't make sense to me. Um, another aspect of that was a dream diary that I would love to, that I will release as an ebook because it was um, really interesting to, um, to research dreams and dreams and interpret dreams. 
um, they can give you some amazing insights into your subconscious mind. And, you know, had some pretty scary weeks there, to be quite honest with you. I got really far deep into it. And um, I reckon I sent myself crazy for a month or two there. It was just, it was just, yeah, it was, it was, it was good fun. <laughs> and, um, and one of the, a, a series of dreams sparked the incentive to write my fourth book, which is a bit of a fiction book. So I'm looking forward to um, polishing off the ebook, releasing this second book called The Seeker's Path, which is, I think it's quite valuable. You know, it's, it's not like my first book. The first book's just my, my story with some ideas and insights but this, this second book is, you know, maybe 5%, 10% anecdote and 80 90%, that doesn't make any sense, does it? 90 to 95% sort of, uh, how good's my maths? No wonder I'm a writer. <laughs> yeah, something around that, yeah. Um, offering value and, and ideas about um, comparative religion, um, spiritual aspects of mythology, um, the path of the individual, um, what we're desiring, you know, uncomfortable concepts, things like that. So... Yeah, looking forward to getting that one out. Hopefully that one will be out towards the end of this year. Awesome, man. That sounds, uh, that sounds very interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. Obviously enjoying the process too. It's good, mate. It gets you out of bed. It's, 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 a, it's, a, long, it's a long haul, and, um, but it's, um, it's good. It's that, it's that postponed gratification idea, which is obviously the, um, the, the neuroscience, I guess, behind um, what you're interested in. You know, it's, it's, we want to try to move ourselves away from that instant gratification. And, you know, the more you, the more you fight for a slog that's, that's meaningful in its pursuits and, and worthwhile and um, intrinsic to who you are as an individual, um, it's going to make more sense and it's going to feel like you're actually making use of your time that you do have here as opposed to chucking up a photo, which of something that we all do, and um, hopefully that we get 50,000 likes. And if we don't, then we'll take it back down. <laughs> No, I've never done that. I've never done that. But I did hear a story. Um, when we were living in Bali, I heard a story about this bloke. Was, he runs um, sort of lifestyle retreats with his missus. And one of the ladies that came on the retreat with him was that sort of individual. She would upload a photo. And if it, uh, if it hadn't had 200 likes within the hour, she'd have to take it down. Which is to, you know, do you know what's interesting, mate? Like, I thought that was the extreme of of the social media influencer lifestyle um but that's kind of somewhere in between so there are extremes um to all sides of the spectrum and people say that social media isn't um isn't as bad as people think it is but there also are extremes that seem to probably change your little your opinion on that one as well because it's such a productive tool but you got to be responsible with it You and I, mate. We've never even met. Um, I did a podcast, or I've got one coming out in a week or two with a dude that I classify as my mate. Yeah. That I've only ever met on the internet. Um, exactly. So it's like it's a, it's a force for good, but I've been I've been listening to a bit of Gary V lately, um, just in regards to kind of content and, and thinking about that. And I mean, his thing is that social media it exposes us. And mm. Inherently, mm. and if there's something there that it is exposing us towards, then hey, maybe that's a great way to identify this is something that I need to be working on myself. That have got some insecurity around uh, people liking me, 
gets like seven likes. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, seven maybe people out there like it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Get the shirt out or put a bit of a filter on or, you know, whatever you can. It's funny. I, I really agree with that too. I think um, I think it comes down to that um, responsibility idea as well because the world is becoming far less private and, um, you know, you best be ready to... Um, people are going to see all aspects of your life the more you want to grow and the more you want to sell yourself as a, as a bit of a personal brand, as a, as a business entity as well. So... You know, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. And Freud said something like, most people don't want to be free because they they fear the responsibility that comes with freedom or something like that. It was about 100, 120 years ago. But I still believe that to be very true. You know, we um, often imprison ourselves behind these sort of um, mind, mind walls um, because we don't know what's out there in the unknown, um, you know, and there's a lot of responsibility that comes with living in the unknown. Even from just a very obvious example, if you chuck yourself out there in the forest and, you know, you've got nothing but a, a knife, you best be ready to just constantly be thinking about the future, constantly be thinking about survival. You know, that's a lot of responsibility in this day and age. You know, my the most responsibility I had this morning was making sure that the Wi-Fi connection was pretty spot on. So that's that's the differences between the known and the unknown. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's legendary. Yeah, she's great value, eh? Mm. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's interesting, eh? And I think, like, putting yourself in, in situations like that as well, and it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be quite to that, that extreme, the, the naked and afraid sort of uh, yeah. kind of situation, but, like, that, that consistent uh, challenge and hopefully it's a reasonably strategic challenge mm. that you To, mm. to be engaged in life and, and be living life uh, in, a, in a fulfilling manner. Yeah, uh, absolutely, man. Did you did you find any of that with um, with obviously being a father now? I'm sure you did. We, you know, reading up on all the books and researching how you know what to do when you are a father, but when you have one, it's just completely like you just could not be. I don't know, more or less unprepared. I'm interested. Yeah, that's right. And Don't come in.
figuring stuff out, but but at least for me, it feels amazingly natural. Mm. It feels like this is this is one of the things that I'm supposed to be doing with my life. That I'm supposed to be looking after this little human and kind of helping to uh, to grow him into a uh, into a into a man. Yes. And, Of course. Away with it as well, but I think that it's amazing kind of the, the biology that, that kicks in with it. And I was talking to my wife about it as well because he's not the greatest sleeper. Oh, out yeah. There. Yeah. Um, Is this your wife? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. My wife has it far worse than I do because I've got worthless nipples. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they're that bad, mate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'd be happy if, um, you know, even when I have a kid, you know, it's a strong six. At least that way, it's above. It's above average. <laughs> yeah. So what um, what sort of stuff you've been doing with the business? Because last time we spoke, you were going to get into um bit of coaching and workshops and things like that. I'm pretty sure that sort of stuff's come to fruition now, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So Sweet. I, uh, I'm running a workshop actually in about two weeks' time. Okay. Uh, I ran one at the end of last year and it was good. It was a, a massive learning experience for me, but um, like it, was such a, it was such a fun and a valuable tool. And I think the, the guys that were there got a lot out of it. Right. At least the feedback was, was really good. Mm. Um, yeah, good point. It was good. <laughs> yeah, six. Your baby's good looking too. <laughs> See me have already had things that 
Yeah. And then we sort of work through the process there. A couple of other people have like have come to me and that are a little bit more vague. Yep. In regards to, okay, I know I want to do something, but I'm not quite sure what it is. So right. Absolutely. You go and do something else. And, um, so, yeah, with, with the people that I work with, it's kind of been that, that strategic direction of, hey, this kind of looks interesting, or yep. I, want, I think I want to go over to here. How do I get the ball rolling? How do I kind of get over that hump with it? And it's been good. Like, the, the four-week block is a nice one to just sort of push the boat off. And Definitely. Some That's exactly right. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Now you, you touched on um a really good point before about um people wanting to try to find this thing to do in life that is them, and this is this is essentially the what the first third, more or less second third of the book that I'm writing now. It deals with in its entirety, so it's 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 the idea of a meaningful pursuit in life, you know, as opposed to a, a happy pursuit in life. But one of the things I found because I wanted to write this book in a way that coincided with what I was actually dealing with in life, and I wanted to take the reader on a journey um, of of the of the awareness of an existential crisis, the descent into the bubbling of where this crisis manifests itself in the darkness of the mind and then how to eventually come through that and ascend into this place of a bit more knowing and a bit more self-understanding, at least so that you have the tools to be able to continue in life um, so that such a crisis doesn't occur again. Because I, to some degree, when I came out of my bout of mental health issues, I so I, I lost an identity. So my ego um, detached itself from wanting to play in the AFL. Um, all of these things were bubbling up from below the surface, and I didn't know what they were. And that was the spark of the mental health issues, and all those sorts of things were 
arising that that I'd never really given time for because I was so obsessed with with a with a, with an idea that I had in my head from a, from a very young age. And I, I really believe in in role models and heroes, and I believe in having a goal. But it is important to know whether or not that goal is 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 uh, disingenuous or not, and if it is authentic towards who you are as a person. And you're never gonna know for sure. You're never gonna find a single goal that's like this is this is what I was put on the earth to do, you know. But more or less, the more you spend time with yourself and get to know yourself, the more the goals that you write down for yourself become more intrinsically aligned. So it's exactly like what you said before. You you know you don't find a thing and then that's what it is. You know you you scout out, you reach out, you look, you look, you look, and eventually there's this kind of like path that's you know far less imbalanced than it once was previously and you know hopefully by old age you've 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 had a good life of um trying lots of things and having your ups and your downs you know but essentially that was that was me and I came out of it and then I just attached myself to another goal of wanting to change the world in terms of anxiety you know with with mental health and there was so much ego in that just as there was in terms of wanting to make the AFL and ego is so important you know it's it's very important but it, it wasn't it wasn't um it was this same thing of once i've changed the world with anxiety then i'll be okay very similar to once i make the AFL then i'll have all the money and the girls yada 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 so i moved away from the my mate completely and it's just called the podcast now and then i i just kind of sat in this existential slump and you know my partner and i who i love to bits we moved to bali and you know, completely, we packed, we uh, sold all of our things, and you know, we, we, I just had this new life ready to go, and I couldn't help but feel like if I wasn't prepared to take the journey on, the only other way I describe it was like a bit of a depression, quite feeling, because I just felt really, really lost. And then I started to read more, and writing has become a way for me to reflect and learn, and that's essentially what the book is. It's it's taking the reader through a journey like that, and. My overall um, message from it, which I learned myself, which was don't shy away from exactly what you're saying. Don't shy away from the uncomfort. And that can get extremely uncomfortable. Don't shy away from even to the core, the shit that's biting away at your soul. You know, if, if you have, if you, if you classify yourself as someone that does have depression and there are many different examples of what depression is to people. So this is a this is a general cue and I won't say that this is the only way to do it because as we all know, different sort of methods work for different people. But if there is something away something in you that's eating away at you, listen to it because it could be trying to tell you something. And there there is a, a really interesting um there's a really interesting kind of uh, conjunction that occurs between the unconscious and the and the conscious mind and the way those kind of intertwine with each other. I really believe that the unconscious mind, everything that we're scared of, is actually on your side. And you can listen to it through the interpretation of dreams. You can listen to it by what your emotions are telling you. You can listen to it as you detach yourself um, from everything that's going on inside you and write it out as though you're having a conversation with it. And you come out on the other side and you really start to learn a lot about yourself. So um that's essentially what the the book was about, but it was that idea that what you said about before, which was don't wait for life to give you its answers. You actually have to prove to life what your answers are. And that's something that Viktor Frankl said. He said, people often look to life and go, what is the meaning of life? But you should kind of look at life and, and sit, you should sit down life and be like, hey, this is, this is what the meaning is going to be for me, you know, because you, you're on this earth for a reason. So 
um, you, you can do that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the one of the one of the really important things that you mentioned there is time. Yep. as well, and it, it's actually kind of taking the time and making the making it a priority for yourself to sit down and and review the stuff and have a look at your goals mm. and say actually why why do I want to do this? Yeah. It's not bad. <laughs> Maybe the world doesn't need to be changed, you know? <laughs> exactly. Anxiety Football League, actually. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Jump into it as well. Mm. And like, I was having a conversation with uh, with someone today. Actually, is that I mean the, the world that we that we live in and the environment that we kind of set ourselves up in for the most part is an environment that doesn't really allow us a heap of time to spend time with ourselves. And we were having a conversation around boredom. Mm. Yeah, that's like true. You start to get bored or you start to feel uncomfortable for five seconds, boom, pull out the phone, you're on, you're on social media, which, again, is a, is a great tool, mm. but actually spending a little bit of, of time to look at and understand yourself, I, I think is a, it's a massively underrated kind of skill to, to develop. And like it was, I don't know if we talked about this much, Yeah. I mean, that's kind of one of the one of the things that I didn't do when right. I was when I was younger. That uh, and that's kind of that. It's one of the things that really got me into the rut that I was in. Yes. I think, in my yes, early I remember. 20s, yes. Twenties is that how I, I was trying to live my life the way that I thought society expected to mm. me to. Um, I was this insecure young dude that was seeking validation and all of this kind of. External things, mm. um, and I didn't really take time to, to sit with myself and look at the motivations behind that, or start to question those assumptions. Yeah. The, the funny thing is, is that I have a lot less time now, but I spend more time doing it. Yes. Um, and asking myself those hard questions, but like to get into that that mindset to start to kind of explore that stuff myself and to, to ask myself those hard questions and figure out that stuff was ridiculously uncomfortable yep. initially. Like I knew something wasn't right, that I was I was sitting there, I was unhappy, I was un, unhealthy, I was unfulfilled. And I had this kind of, that the subconscious mind giving me this sense of discomfort. Mm. Hey, something's not right, there's something you, you need to change something. Um, or the way that you're living 
doesn't kind of connect with with who you want to be as a person. Mm. But trying to go about and do that from a practical sense of <laughs> is is really hard because when yep. you start asking yourself those questions, you start to get some pretty gnarly answers coming back at you. It's true. Mm. Um, and then if you overtrain, then you're going to wipe yourself out for a week. Mm. You're not going to be able to straighten your arms out. Yeah. Uh, so you can't train anymore. And then when you come back in, you're a bit tentative. You you go a little bit slower or um, or you've gone backwards a little bit. And like those those initial phases of, of spending time with myself and kind of starting to ask myself some harder questions was a little bit like that, is that like getting into the gym start off or starting out starting out running or uh, or learning a new skill mm. and I think like, I'm, I'm thankful in a way that uh, like I was, a, I was a kid that grew up in New Zealand in the 80s in semi-rural New Zealand so I was always outside I mm. played a lot of sports and like, I got I was good at training yeah like, exactly yeah I loved training mm. like, Mm. When I was younger, me and um, the neighbour would play test match cricket in the backyard yeah. for like <laughs> 10 days in a row. Yeah. Um, I, was always, I was always Pakistan for some reason. That's a lot funnier than I think you intended it to be. <laughs> it's gold. Yeah, you go, go down and um, play in the nets for like three or four hours and you would just bowl the ball. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mm. And, and asking myself those questions mm. and, like I still ask myself some of them now and oh yeah uh, and you don't like the answers that come up some of them are a bit uncomfortable and some mm. of them are a bit frustrating because you can't figure out the answer god but it's, exactly it's the habit and it's the uh, it's the continually coming back to it that kind of over the course of a month or six months or a year to evolve as a person absolutely oh 100% and I think um, something that I've really um, tried to make the habit of, of remembering is that we're not made to have all the answers whilst we're alive you know and every time you think that because we're set up to problem solve you know and that that's how we've evolved and there's so much so much of the brain's wiring is, is set up so that we can solve problems and and figure things out. And that's why we've become the most dominant species, you know? So we have this beautiful problem-solving mechanism within us. And then we have this sort of almost like a spiritual existential crisis of wanting to know all the answers that we can't possibly know whilst we're here. So we, we always have this fighting internal battle within ourselves to want to figure out all these answers that we can't possibly know. But at the same time, accept that and then paradoxically try to figure all those ones out again and it just, it, it, it's like this, um, Alan Watts called it the double mind, 
where we're, we're fighting to get to one place, but by getting to one place, we're excluding that the, we only know that place in, 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 in compensatory terms because of its opposite other. And the more we try to go to one place, the more we neglect this other place. So if you always want to be happy, you're basically just saying that you're sad now. But if you just said that you weren't sad now, you'd be happy right now. But there's always this really bizarre paradox going on all the time. And if you can take yourself out of that, it's just like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm essentially playing tug of war with my two hands here, you know, and I don't even need to be doing that. I'm just living. I'm just being right now, you know. Another example is we live in a, in a pleasure-seeking world, you know, necessarily. It's that idea that we, like, like you said before, we don't have the chance to be bored anymore. That's not to say that we can't be bored anymore because you can take on that incentive and that responsibility yourself and lock yourself in a room if you, if you absolutely need to, if there's something biting at your core. But it is, it is harder and harder to, to spend time with yourself in this day and age, you know, more often than not as, as young men, you know, living a thousand years ago, we'd be told that we just have to go on, on a bloody pilgrimage and we just have to learn. And if we die, we die. But if we live, we can come back with some, some amazing stories of uh, and heroic tales, you know. But this day and age, like you said, you can get a little bit of a dopamine bump by, get, you know, whipping your phone out straight away. But we only know what pleasure feels like because we know what pain feels like. If we didn't know what pain felt like, we have, we'd have no understanding of, of pleasure in and of itself. So... You can look at that in every single facet of life with the labels that we put on things. We only know something in relation to its other. So if we stop trying to fight for happiness all the time, we're probably going to stop being sad. And then we can live in this beautiful sort of content space where everything is meaningful, but nothing is meaningful at the same time. But it doesn't matter because everything is. It's this union of opposites idea. It's really interesting. It, it is quite heavy. <laughs> when you like, when you think about that, um, it, it's sometimes it seems like a very black and white thinking mm. that it's you're either sad or you're happy. Mm. That it is, but the, well, the way that I think about it anyway is that it's, it's a it's a continuum, and it's uh, and you move back and forth along that continuum. And, mm. Yeah, that's right. Or are you just not like health isn't the absence of disease? Yeah. That that I think like I, I, I like that continuum idea, but I think it like, I think it couples quite well with, with the stuff that you're talking about there that these things kind of sit at or either end of a continuum and, and we're we're so caught up in trying to get to one end of the continuum. Yeah. Mm. In current time, because it's always that it's always that comparison. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that if we could just, you know, I don't, I don't really have the answer, you know. I don't know because I think even the idea of desiring, you know, we, we can move from pursuing happiness to pursuing meaning, but, you know, the opposite of, well, if you desire, if you're in a state of wanting to pursue something, you're only always going to be pursuing it. You'll never arrive there, you know. So there's always there's always this opposite idea that's kind of flickering in the back of the mind where it's like, okay, now I need to find something meaningful. But is every is anything going to be truly meaningful to you if you're always in the pursuit of it? Because you'll never know. You'll you'll be you'll be trying an infinite amount of things without ever really staying on one line to find it anyway. So there's no real one answer to live life, you know, but. I just think it, I think it's just coming down to passion project, have a passion project, eat well, sleep well, spend some time with yourself and have, have a good couple of mates, you know, it's, it's a, it's a funny one. Mm. like you pursue something and, and sometimes you get it and sometimes you don't but the actual act of the, the pursuit and the doing and the, the learning mm. as you go I think is the it's, it's the really valuable thing in, in figuring out how we can enjoy ourselves or how we can be happy mm. Yeah. Um, but that's the that's the one percent that the the ninety nine percent of life is is the pursuit. Yeah, it's struggle, isn't it? it is that you're after. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And you hit you hit these achievements or something along the way. But then if it's as as you were saying at the start, you'll be I'll be happy when mm. when you achieve this. When you achieve it. Yeah. And if you just sit at the same level as a human being, then you're actually sliding backwards. Absolutely. So it's becoming aware of the next thing that you want to pursue. And kind of to that to that point, and I think, like, my thought process is sometimes I don't know what I'm going to say until I've actually said it. So yeah. This is one of those, those times. But <laughs> That's me in life. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And like, if I think forward in fifteen years' time or twenty years' time, when my when my son is a 
as a young man as well it's like what the hell is the world going to look like then and crazy Absolutely. I was, having a, I was having a conversation with a dude and he quoted Cassius Clay to me. Oh, yeah. Actually, and he was like, I really pity the man who is the same at 50 years old as he was at 20 years old mm. because he just wasted the last 30 years of his life. Mm. I love that. So spot on. Mate, I've actually got to go. I've got to feed some farm animals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we're we're living here. Um, we're living here on a farm. Um, for about two and a half, three months, and um, we we flew to to Scotland, and then we stayed in Ireland for a bit as well. Just doing a bit of the travel thing. Um, to catch up with Siobhan's family, um, and some friends there, and we we found a house sit, and um, we're just living um about three and a half hours south of Paris, and it's, it's beautiful here, mate. It's really lovely. Thirty acres of land, heaps of sheep, heaps of horses. Um. Spending a lot of time trying to figure out what what um, um, what we want to do for the next year. So, yeah, it's good. It's really we wake up in the morning, do a bit of exercise, then we get to meditate and do some content and stuff. It's good fun. Awesome, yeah, that sounds, that sounds great, it is. It's good. It is good. It's bloody cold, but uh, it's meaningful. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's, it's the pursuit at the moment. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, team, I really hope you enjoyed that one. Like I say, after every show, if you did really enjoy it, please let me know and you can hit me up on all the social medias. I will love to respond to you because I'm interested to see who you are and you now listening to this show, I want to know who you are. So, you know, just do a little Simpsons thing and say that you're Lisa S or L Simpson and I'll, I'll, I'll reach out to you. don't know where I'm going with this. Guys, uh, I'm well and truly into writing my second book and it's I'm really really excited about it but if you haven't read my first book yes I'm fine just tired it's about 15 or 20 bucks something like that and it was a very in-depth recount of a really important experience in my life and if you do like this show and you do like what we're what we're interested in and what we're growing um, I do urge you to have a read of it because uh, a there's a bit of a treasure in there there's a single spelling mistake, I believe. And you can find that and let me know because I actually don't know where that is. But B, you can uh, reach out and let me know what you thought of it. And if you've had experiences that were similar to that one, it doesn't have to be a mental health uh, issue or crisis. It can be anything in life that you learnt something through a process of change. And I'd be really interested to see um, kind of what that was like for you. Because if it's something you're still dealing with or something that you're interested in, maybe we can talk about it on the show. So uh, you can head to Amazon and you can type in my name and yes, I'm fine, just tired and it will come up and it will be hopefully in your home within the week. That would be awesome. Until next week, guys, goodbye for now.